Hello and welcome to a new episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And to our left is a new member of the team. Hey! Hello. I'm Nick Marlat. So Nick is going to be joining us. Uh, hopefully this means you'll get more regular content, more regular episodes uh, that you can find on YouTube and any podcast service of your choice. If you don't find us on a podcast service, just let me know. I'll put us on there. Uh, hopefully this means that we'll have uh, more of an easy rotation between everybody uh, in case somebody's sick, somebody can't make it, anything like that. Having three members will make it much easier to keep things regular and... Uh, apocalypse notwithstanding <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> now for any uh former members of the the podcast that uh were wondering where we were well there is a pandemic uh i have a child on the way uh emery switched jobs a couple times i switched job one time i'm sure you switched a job yeah, a not times. too long ago yeah. uh so you know the world happens, <laughs> and there's not much we can do about it. But hey, but pandemics, back, and I'm here. So yeah, pandem- we back, and we brought another. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, pandemic's finally over. We finally have a crew uh, set. We got a new studio, as you can see, with new decorations, new lights, uh, up- upgraded infrastructure, so we can kind of. Uh, Make this a little smoother for everybody. We're going to do a new format for the show. We're no longer going to focus exclusively on comic books on every episode. Uh, instead, we're going to kind of branch out into uh, the broader nerd realm, including nerd video culture. games, movies, uh, still including comic books with that being a focus, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, it's so hot right now. It yeah, <laughs> Anything you imagine, I'm sure it's in there. Um, so I hope you look forward to that. We won't be doing, uh, topics of the show every single week anymore. That'll be more reserved for, uh, weeks where there's less news to try to keep the episodes to a shorter length, make it easier on everybody, both for editing and for actually filming the episode. And I'm sure all of you at home don't feel like sitting around listening to us for three or four hours. (laughs) So hopefully that makes it more enjoyable for you. And we'll be probably snipping some parts of that as you know, small clips that we'll also upload separately. If you just want to get some key points or focus on a specific news topic or something like that. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. So, in the terms of nerd, I don't know, <laughs> cinema, <laughs> nerd books, nerd games, nerd everything, what have you guys been doing? Well, well, uh, one of the big things that I've been taking part in, and that Nick has been taking part in as well, Indeed. has been an ongoing Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And nerd, <laughs> how? D- oh, okay, you get to say that because you're one of us. <laughs> how very dare you? <laughs> how very dare you? Indeed, I'm taking it back. I'm making it a term of endearment. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. Yeah, you you take, take the, the power back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you take the bad term and you say only we get to use that word. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> See, that's another thing you're allowed to do that we can't do. <laughs> uh, but yes, I've been running an ongoing D&D campaign that is going to be coming to a close soon. Which will lead into another D&D campaign that's going to be run by our very own Nick Marlat. Yep, I'm taking the reins for the first time. 
So uh, it should be a comedy of errors, but I look <laughs> forward to seeing how you get me back for all of the things <laughs> and all of the hell and torment I've put you through over the past 18, 20 months. So we're going to emphasize comedy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, also to go along with that, we are hoping to very soon make Chris here one of us. One of us. One of us. One. <laughs> trying to make me a fucking nerd like them. How dare I you? I won't allow it. Assume that you haven't been it. a nerd this whole goddamn time. <laughs> Exhibit uh, A. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll see. We'll probably, if we do get this together, we should probably broadcast it. So you can probably look forward to that. Yeah. Babby's first. Babby's first D and D campaign. <laughs> And we definitely invite you to watch that, especially if you are also kind of D&D curious. Speaking of which, uh, you guys got a channel you're starting up for yes, D&D, correct? Do you want to give that a shout out? Shameless plug. Shameless plug. So <laughs> our new campaign will be uh, streamed possibly on both Twitch and YouTube. Uh, worst case, we will be streaming on Twitch with... Uh, the copy is being uploaded to YouTube shortly after the stream ends. Um, and it will be twitch.tv slash those natural ones. So there you have it, folks. Those natural ones on Twitch. Same on YouTube, but the YouTube algorithm is awesome right now for creating uh, uh, channel names. It doesn't really give you a channel name right up front until you hit like 100 subscribers because... Apparently that's a thing. I'm aware. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's really aware. easy for people to find you when you don't have a name. Uh, it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> it was like that. What when did we start the show, Emery? Like five years ago now? Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like it was at the same least way then. like two years before uh, the dread year 2020. <laughs> uh, it, yes, uh, that is going to be coming soon, and I cannot wait for the channel to roll out and for yes. the character reveal. Absolutely. So hopefully uh, sometime early July-ish we'll be uh, going live with that. Very nice, very nice. So look forward to that and make sure you keep an eye out. We'll uh, uh, obviously put it out there on our Twitter, Facebook, and all that stuff. So keep an eye on the social medias. And you'll know when it's about to begin. Uh, I should probably say, uh, you know, we're working with these new mics. We're trying to get used to them. So uh, as we get used to them, we appreciate your patience. In addition to that, I had some surprise dental work done today. So I'm trying not to drool on myself. And I'm trying not to slur my words too much. And uh, so apologies for that. There may be times where I need the, the other two great hosts to kind of uh lead things just, just so i don't stumble on my words too much not that i can don't you feel your tongue yet i can feel about half of it because that's the worst i can't feel this side of it but i yeah. can feel the other side so that's the worst i'm I... like over enunciating with my tongue to try to make sure it's <laughs> the best moving part in the correct is way once it comes back and you realize all the times you bit it while you didn't realize it <laughs> oh. <was not. laughs> Can yeah. you feel it yes. coming in the air tonight? Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, Emery, uh, which way is it coming in the air tonight? Uh, I don't know. Ask Phil Collins. <laughs> I think Phil Collins was a dirty, dirty dog. That's what I think. Uh, you would. 
All right, so going forward, <laughs> new format of the show is going to be focused primarily on news topics after the introductions. And uh, if we have, you know, time at the end of the show, we'll go into a topic of the show like we used to. And we will still uh, give it a comic of the week, uh, comic cover of the week, the very much esteemed award that we've given out <laughs> for yes. the duration of the show. <laughs> uh, so please look forward to that. And we'll also post it on social medias as well. And then if we have time, we'll throw in uh, some deals that are out there that you can take advantage of in games, movies, books, etc. So, starting off, first news item. Overwatch 2 is officially going to be replacing the original game permanently. I don't know if any of you guys are Overwatch players, but obviously a very popular game. I have never played Overwatch. I have never wanted to play Overwatch. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I've seen this game, I've seen all of my friends play it, and I've seen footage of this game, and the most that I can gather from them moving from Overwatch to Overwatch 2 is, we just, we want to release it again so that you can all pay us for the game that you're already playing? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to bring this up because I... I I'm not an Overwatch player either. It looks like a fun game. I'm just not much in the PC competitive shooter world. The reason I wanted to bring this up primarily is to kind of generate some discussion about the permanence of these online-only, online-supported, I mean, especially multiplayer-driven video games. You see it with Warzone. A lot of people are afraid that the original right. Warzone is going to get taken over by... Modern Warfare 2's version of Warzone. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, the online only, the massively multiplayer uh, arena, I guess, not to say massively multiplayer arenas, that's a completely different genre, but the arena of which the massively multiplayer games live in is nothing new. I mean, they've been around since the late 90s with MUDs and MMORPGs and stuff like that. Um, and they've done well. Uh the problem, the biggest problem that I see as well as, you know, most other people are, is your favorite game is 100% determined, or 100% uh, uh, based on whether or not people like it. So, like, I can go back and play Zelda, the original Zelda, anytime I want. I can't go back and play a dead MMORPG or, you know, Overwatch 1. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because if yeah. it's gone, it's gone, unless you get, like, emulators and stuff like that but that's a whole different topic uh, yeah I, I think that's going to be like an ever-growing i mean everyone who's online now who like regularly watches twitch like the the constant twitch meta is always changing like the big game now is dead by daylight okay. uh like the the concept of playing a game where uh it's a cabin in the woods type thing where you like, all of you, except for one, are the survivors, and one of you gets to be, like, the slasher. Right. Like, it's a, it's a game that, novel idea, works really well, will be immediately replaced by the next hot exactly. thing as, so, as soon as someone comes up with the next hot thing. That's just the nature of these, like, massively multiplayer online games. It's just going to be a thing. Sure. Like, yeah. uh, PUBG used to PUBG be huge. PUBG was huge for about... Eight months, and then Fortnite came and, out and killed it. it right, you know? that it's it's cyclical. There's always going to be a cycle to it, sure. which 
for games that you really like, it's gonna be unfortunate to watch all of the friends that you were playing with move off to another game, but and, unfortunately yeah. it's it's inevitable. From somebody who grew up, I am say grew up, spent my late teens through my mid-twenties playing MMOs, I mean, that's a that's a thing. I've watched and followed groups and gone from one group to another, from one group to another group, uh, going from one game to an, the next game to the next game. And, yeah. you know, there's always, you start out with a group that's, in my first MMO that I was in, I, we were in a group, a guild of like close to 100 people. And then 50 of them went to this game, 50 of them went to that game. Then we played in this game. And then 25 went to, you know, Game number three, while 25 went... And over the course of six years, you went from uh, playing in a group of 100 people to playing in a group of 15. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's interesting how, like, much like music and other forms of media, it it seems as though video games itself has found its its cycle. Sure. like with the uh, multi, like massively multiplayer online games, like uh, going from PUBG to Fallout, and then to games like smaller games like Among Us and like bigger games like uh, I think it's called Fall Guys. That was like a really oh, big one. Yeah, I forgot about that game. Yeah, it was like a super weird art style. It was really fun just having a whole bunch of people Pretty run sure on this. That ran really yeah. popular for about thirty-five minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's the half-life of these games now. <laughs> it's still sitting on my PS5, by the way. <laughs> also, the half, biggest half-life mistake three. that game made was not allowing you to have couch co-op. Uh, it, yes. Okay, yeah. If they made a couch co-op, I think people would still be playing. They they probably would. Yeah. Uh, also, be a uh, perfect drinking game. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yes, that's what that's what we want out of these games. We want them to like have time with our friends. These games got huge, especially during the times of the pandemic, oh, yeah. because like we're all going to want that connection. I think it's always going to be fascinating to just see where the collective unconscious goes. Because, like, right now, as far as I know, it's been on Dead by Daylight and, like, maybe here and there watching people play strange games like uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I find it really tragic, though, because, you know, we're all from a different generation of gaming, you know. We're obviously not the... Primary clientele that is trying to. (laughs) We're not the Overwatch audience that's probably more skewed towards a younger audience, you know, somewhere, you know, teenage to early 20s. Uh, We're all old men, so, you know, somewhere (laughs) up there. I'm not going to say where, but we're up there. Uh, Closer to middle age than teenage. (laughs) Yep. On the but wrong side of 30. <laughs> we we often enjoy the benefit, with the exception of some Nintendo withholdings. Uh, we generally are able to go back and play a lot right. of the games that we love to play as kids. And, you yeah. know, even the, even the multiplayer games that came out as we were teenagers and hitting our adulthood, <clears throat> like Halo, yeah. they, they gave you the ability to make your own private server. So you can still make a private server and play a competitive shooter with your friends. That's not going to exist with all of these online-only, you know, large-scale multiplayer games like Warzone, like Overwatch. You know, I'm sure League of Legends and stuff like that will be in the same boat when they're gone. Eventually, there's going to be a point where these games are not played anymore, 
and there's no way you can play them or go back and play them for nostalgia, for research, for historical value, for, for anything. And that's the part that upsets me the most, is that we're treating these games that took years and years of development and then even more years of tweaking to the fan response and the player response and you know knowing that history and that evolution and just basically throwing it away and you know who knows you know there's games from our era that are completely lost to their original you know uh, code because somebody put it on you know a floppy disk and <laughs> threw it in the trash at some point or some the office flooded and they lost it and nobody knows where it is you know you know i kept trying to do that with Oregon trail <laughs> they <laughs> came, just kept taming back it kept taming back <laughs> coming coming that, back that's that uh taming back See, I that's mean, Collins coming back for you. I <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> to, to build off of what you were saying, you know, like uh, from a market, marketing standpoint, it's a fantastic business model because you you don't have the stagnation of the older games that people have already purchased and the secondhand like GameStop and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You have to go out and you get, even if it's a free game, then you have to buy all the, you know, little loot boxes and all of that yeah. stuff. Um, you know, there is no end to the purchasing. Yeah, right. And that, you, you point out a good point. A, a, a big focus on the historical value is that all, all of this money and expenditure you're putting into these games, these online-only games, once that game's gone... All that money's gone all too, and you spent. have nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like you can't, you can't even go back and enjoy it. You bought all these costumes and all these trinkets and all these weapons and whatever else, and you, you know, you bought a custom house and what a, you know, yeah. a Final Fantasy fourteen or something, <laughs> and now you got nothing. Like which fucking like edition did you get of that game? Um, <laughs> Hopefully I mean, not the original. Oh my god! Yeah, the uh, there is a flip side to that too. Because there are games that have, and still to this day, do continue to keep running, keep playing, keep having yes. like a consistent fan base who keeps coming back. I mean, or in some cases, a rotating fan yeah. base. I mean, mm. look at, I, it's always the topic of conversation, but look at World of Warcraft. I mean, it's been yeah. out for close to 20 years now at this point, and it's still going strong, you know, and... But to go with what you were saying, I mean, subscription fees on, ma- on massively multiplayer games, I cannot tell you how many thousands of dollars <laughs> I have spent <laughs> on MMOs back in the early 2000s when it was $15 a month, and I was playing like three or four of them at a time. How did you have that much time? <laughs> because I was a single kid in my late teens, early 20s, and I... Uh, was this the one thing that you were doing outside yeah, of taking class? Much. Yeah. And half the time I wasn't even taking class. I would I was taking class, playing MMOs, and I set, I scheduled my classes in college. So I went to school on Monday and Wednesday, and I went from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., but I only went Monday and Wednesday. So then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I delivered pizza in the evenings. So then I would work from like 6 until 10, and then I would play MMOs from about 10.30 when I got home until about 4 o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah, that sounds like college. That's impressive. Yeah. Early 2000s college. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I may have told this story on the show before, but my mom, when I was just about the age of getting ready to move out and do my own thing, my mom <clears throat> met this guy on the internet, and he was a World of Warcraft player. And during the span of their dating, he wanted to play World of Warcraft with her. So my mom got on that free, you know, yeah, I think it was like the, up to level yep. 20, you could play for free. Uh, got oh, on World God. of Warcraft and was playing with this guy she met on the internet, and that's how they courted Fantastic. each other. And my mom was not a gamer at all. She was learning everything from scratch. Yeah. Like. We, we had a Nintendo, we had a Sega Genesis, we had a Atari, we had PlayStation, N64. Like, we, we went up the gamut, <clears throat> and she didn't touch a single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not once. My, uh, sorry. But she got so addicted to this game that she would literally go to work, come home, play from the moment she got home, all the way until she had to work the next day. She was penning I, from Big Bang I, Theory. I would, yep. I would guess she maybe got like an hour or two of sleep yeah. at most on average. And she just like wrecked her health yeah. because she got so addicted so quickly. It was it was kind of concerning to watch because I, I had played World of Warcraft on the free yeah. demo for a little while. She eventually ended up buying it just so she could keep <laughs> playing with him. That's uh, funny. And, and I would play up to the level cap, and then once I couldn't really do anything further, I would jump to a different game yeah, that had another absolutely. demo, like Rift. Rift was Rift. the one I jumped to. Never played Rift, but I, it was pretty fun. I went back mm. with uh, when my wife was pregnant with our soon-to-be 10-year-old next month. Um, I actually, she was more or less self-diagnosed bed rest because she was very, she had a lot of anxiety and everything, so... We didn't do a lot while she was pregnant. Yeah. So I and I started playing World of Warcraft again, and I was like, "Hey, here, let me set you up with this." And we start. <laughs> so we would lay in bed on our laptops uh, almost every night and sit there and play World of Warcraft together because there was nothing else we could do, and we there's only so much TV we could watch. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's crazy, you know, how addictive those games can be, and I get it, man. Like. As a person that's loved video games my whole life, and definitely, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of classic elves, dwarves, you sure. know, fantasy style, like, that's right up my alley. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things that, in terms of drugs, not only is the first hit free, <laughs> it's also, like, the most legal thing you could ever get addicted exactly. to, and yep. no one is going to tell you not to, yeah. as <laughs> long as you are... N not a child. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're paying your rent and your electric bill and your internet bill, no one's going to come after you. Yes. Now, in order to pay those things, you may need to have a job and show <laughs> up to said job. If, <laughs> if you don't show up to said job, then it yes. becomes a problem. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of bills, uh, the next topic that we have actually brings up and kind of intertwines with what we've been talking about in terms of subscription services. This one being PlayStation Plus. For anyone who has been into PlayStation, they've made a change. I'm, I'm an Xbox guy. Uh, you're, you're an ew, Xbox guy? Ew, the uh, enemy. Uh, uh, okay. The enemy on the other side <laughs> of the couch here. Uh, okay, we can chastise them all we want, but PlayStation... <laughs> is literally gone out of their way to attempt to 
compete with the Xbox Game Pass. And yeah, I don't know if this is the right way to do it. Uh, I, I don't know either, but man, they're really reaching. <laughs> like I, Xbox has that one undeniably good feature in Game Pass with all of that access to all of those games. Right. Yep. And PlayStation just took a look at their extensive library and said, Hey, we can do that too. But what about us, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like... We have games that are older, that our ever-older-growing audience will want to play and reminisce and be made to feel like a child again. Yeah, so we should, in case the audience isn't aware, let's run through it real quick. So PlayStation Plus used to be the kind of internet subscription uh, in its first iteration, which I think was only on PS3, right? It, it started on PS3. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't on the PS2 functionality. Uh <clears throat> On the PS3, it kind of came late, uh, but it became a subscription that was kind of a really good deal, especially for the time, oh, where yeah. you'd pay a fairly low amount of money, and they would give you two or three or four free games every single month, and that was it. Like You could still play your games online for free. It didn't cost anything. And now Xbox kind of had the advantage, especially during PS3 era, because it had its own servers the and Xbox everything, Gold. which made the multiplayer experience yeah. so much better. And you had... But the downside was you had to pay to right. play those online exactly. servers and that with that online Microsoft service. Microsoft wants their money. Yeah. <laughs> with absolutely they do. Which is funny because that's the reason I ended up getting a PS3 over an Xbox because I didn't want to pay for the internet. But then when they came out with PS Plus as like an incentivized free games to a broke kid, it was like awesome. It was like I think it averaged out to maybe five bucks a month or something like that. And for that, I was getting a bunch of free games. Now, granted, I wasn't choosing the games, right? But generally speaking, the games were pretty good, and they would last me, you know, a long time. Definitely the yeah. entire month until the next set of games came. Uh, so it was a great deal, and I could still, if I didn't want to pay for it and I didn't want to renew it, I I could do that and still play my games online and have a lot of fun. And could stop at <laughs> any time. <laughs> <laughs> that changed with the PS4 era, where they decided, hey, we're going to kind of boost our internet infrastructure, our competitive right. multiplayer infrastructure, and try to compete more directly with Microsoft and Xbox, which, understandable. And so they made it so PS Plus not only gave you the free games, but now you had to have it to play competitive multiplayer games. Sure. Uh, and it gave you some other benefits, like it gave you free cloud saves, so if your system was shot or something happened, you know, you wouldn't lose your, your game saves. You could download them from the cloud and retain them. Or if you're changing systems, say you you got a new system for whatever reason, or you have another system in the house, you don't have to do the monotony of plugging a USB stick into it and taking it upstairs and reinstalling everything. Uh, <clears throat> so that was pretty nice. And again, Xbox stepped up their game, which is great. Uh, and they eventually came out with Game Pass, uh, which is a great service, gave you this free games, and now it's even more integral. Yeah, they have a integral. whole back catalog. Yeah, so very impressive, and they've been kind of dominating that kind of yeah. online paid service uh, functionality up until recently. Uh, so, you know, PlayStation did this out of necessity more, more than anything. Uh, and what they've done, it's a little confusing because they didn't really explain it very well when they they showed it to everyone. It, you know, for me on my PS5, it just kind of 
happened one day and it showed me all these like charts that didn't make any sense because i didn't know what anything on it was so they they have not done a very good job of communicating that this is actually a pretty good deal Uh, first anybody that had an existing ps plus subscription or service they got moved to the essential tier which is the base level, same price, nothing changed as far as that goes. You still get your free games, you still get your cloud saves, you still get your competitive multiplayer servers, uh, all that good stuff. Nothing changes for you if you want to stay that way. Then they added a middle tier called Extra, which is $100 a year at the base price. Now, nice thing about PlayStation Plus is you can almost always get it on sale. Uh, they always have the you know the gift cards on amazon or whatever at a sale price and most people would wait for a sale to happen get like three or four cards and then stack their playstation plus for like three four years which a lot of people did in anticipation of this because then they could have their multi-years of service and then they could just pay the prorated portion for the upgrade if they wanted to which was probably smart to do Uh, unfortunately, they cut that off. So if you were hoping no to stack years of membership, <laughs> you, you can't do it now. They've they've temporarily disabled that until they release the new cards and gift cards with the, the actual tiers on it. Uh, so for that extra tier, uh, which is an upgrade, uh, it gives you a catalog of over 400 PS4 and PS5 games that you can download directly to your console, and you can play as long as your PS Plus uh, extra services active which is great i'd say that's much more in line with what xbox is doing with their game pass system uh and then they have one tier beyond that called the premium tier which is 120 a year so actually not too much more than the extra Uh, honestly if you're you might as well shell out the extra 20 bucks for the year to get the top tier 120 bucks is pretty much right on par with xbox with what microsoft's doing Anyway, because I'm pretty sure theirs is like nine ninety nine a month. So yeah. it's which makes me think maybe they just put it in there to give you an option that's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, probably it was probably marketing. One yeah. of the mark, some guy in marketing was like, you know what we could do, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I, I forgive me, I might be incorrect with this. Um, I believe their Xbox does do a discount if you pay in a year, so that could be where the middle tier came to yeah came from yeah where these uh pricing points usually come up with is it if you're paying like this much a year if you're trying to pay like monthly or every three months those prices are always going to be like a little bit higher like in the long term yeah but uh that does give people who are not really sold on the whole thing yet a little bit more wiggle room to see whether or not this is right for them I am a little out of date. When I say I'm an Xbox guy, my last console was an Xbox One. Then I built a PC, which was better anyway. So I haven't... I'm, I'm Here we last, go with the PC yeah, Master Race. PC Master Race, <laughs> absolutely, 100%. Um, I am last generation still on console, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, that's still pretty recent. I mean, it's pretty All hard to considered. find a modern yeah, generation console anyway. So. It is, but there's also the surprisingly trying to, still tight. trying to justify to myself to spend the money on one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Especially if you got a really good, you know, gaming PC. Why exactly. would you even bother? Yeah. Uh, except to play maybe a few exclusives, but they're all coming to PC anyway, exactly. including PlayStation ones, right. which I never thought I'd see happen. They're releasing PlayStation exclusives on yes. PC, you know, several years after the fact, but they're still doing it. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Which is pretty cool to see. 
<coughs> uh, you'll just have to wait a little longer. But uh, included in that premium tier for 120 bucks a year, uh, you get all those previous features and benefits with PS Now Streaming, which was their streaming service they were trying to get off the ground for the longest time. I don't know how successful they were with it, but they kept adding games to it, so they must have been making something off of it. Uh, from what I hear, unless you had really you know, exemplary internet service, it, it, it probably wasn't working too well, especially on the PS4, which had a, a really bad internet setup. I, I can say from experience, uh, it it really does depend on like how like high end the game is. Like uh, just recently, I went back and tried a, a PS3 game. It was a Castlevania. And I'm trying to think of the Castlevania Forty Six. <laughs> because there's that many. Return to Castlevania <laughs> for the forty sixth time. Now this is the one of the weirdly like voiced by Hollywood actors oh, ones that directed by Kojima, uh, all hail Kojima. Um, Castlevania, uh, the, the actual 3D ones, right? Uh, yes, yeah. the, these are the 3D ones that are like Castlevania, but God of War actually. Yeah. Yeah. Castlevania, uh, Dracula's really dead this time. We we swear. <laughs> <laughs> we we totally promise, guys. Uh, I went back and played that game, and it ran well more times than not. I'll say that much. Great, and great. mind you, that was for that. That's a PS3 game that I was streaming. Uh, for anything like lower fi or lower fidelity than that, uh, I've tried a couple of them, and they've all come across in like my basic ass Spectrum internet service pretty fine. Yeah. I would think the streaming would be perfect for like the PlayStation One, PlayStation Two games. Because look at the file size. Look at the, I mean, PlayStation yeah. One games on a single CD. You know, there's not a lot of internet that needs to. You, you don't need a lot of bandwidth to stream yeah. that much information. Right. Yeah. I think where it gets a little finicky is uh, obviously the more modern games, but also the multiplayer games. Yeah. Uh, where you're obviously you're streaming an input to an online server. <laughs> When you're also streaming the video game itself, right? Uh, not natively on your console, uh, but uh, with the PS Now streaming, you can play PS One games, PS Two games, and PS Three games. They do have PS Four games on there now. I, I don't know if there's any PS Five. I would probably hope not because it's probably not the best way to experience them. Yeah, um, that would be interesting. But anybody that previously had the PS Now subscription is now automatically enrolled. In the premium service, so nice for them that they don't lose out on that investment. So. Yeah, I will say I also did try streaming the latest Spider-Man game, Miles Morales. You should just buy the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's nice that they're trying, but we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. It's it's very confusing. Uh, I think they definitely could have communicated it better. And honestly, I think they would have been better off just making two tiers, making PS Plus the regular that sure. everybody's going to pay for because everybody's playing multiplayer games nowadays. Uh, <clears throat> and honestly, why would you pass on free games every month anyway? Yeah. Uh, especially when it's that affordable. Um, I, I, I really don't think the $20 makes a big enough difference for people to hop over 
you know, one from the other. And having all the entire catalog of PS Now is great. It, it really is the only way to play PS3 games now, unless you have a PS3 console with the physical game. Right. Because the online store on the, the PS3, I believe, doesn't work anymore. They discontinued service to it, uh, along with the PS the PSP and the PS Vita might be coming soon, I think. Yeah, those are <coughs> those are going the way of the dinosaur. So, like it, like we were saying earlier, with all of these online services, online games, they're not going to be around forever. So you got to make plans. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? And honestly, a lot of people, you know, who sell their consoles after the generation passes, maybe hold on to them because, yeah. especially right. if they I have physical. I held on to all of my old consoles yeah but i was a greedy poor kid and i was like hey i can sell my n64 for like 30 dollars and buy (laughs) a new you know xbox 360 game or whatever it was yeah it's like my favorite meme upgrades people upgrades exactly yeah so let that be a lesson to you kids (laughs) keep your game systems yeah, when... Of they're all going to be on, like, streaming on their phone anyway. Yeah, there is no... <laughs> going back to the previous conversation, there won't be any game systems. Yeah. Uh, PSP and PS Vita saying I, that those things went the way of the dinosaur. I forgot about the Vita, to be completely honest. I completely Everybody forgot does. M- most people did. <laughs> most people did. I was trying um, to say PS Vita, and I said PSP instead. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that tells you anything. And I am the PlayStation fanboy. Yeah, that, that actually reminds me... There is a PSP game that is finally getting a remaster, which leads us into our next topic. Well, if you look at my shirt, you'll see uh, <laughs> I'm wearing my pride and joy. My, you know, if anybody's watched the show for any length of time or knows me, Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. I don't care what anybody says. There's all these. Uh, I don't know, these people trying to rewrite history, saying Final <laughs> Fantasy VI is the best, and everybody's, uh, well, Final Fantasy V is the new favorite kid on the block. I started with eight. Eight will always be my favorite. And I that seems to be a common theme. I think that most people like the one they started with, yeah. unless it was just a dog shit game. Yeah. Eight was the first final fantasy i actually like got into like i played around a little bit with like the original like nintendo version of like final fantasy whatever the hell it was that yeah. came over like for us it was one two three and yeah. then you, you kind of had to go back but, and play the other ones on yeah. ports yeah <laughs> but i uh three being six three being six yes but eight was by far like eight was the one that I actually played from start to finish, so that was yeah. that's that's my baby. Yeah, yeah. I started on Final Fantasy VII, so there's probably something there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do still play that game at least once every year. I play it pretty much all the way through, yeah. and I'm so tedious with it that <laughs> in order to play the remake, I force myself to play it all the way through again before I would even take off the plastic on it. <laughs> and I am so persnickety about it. That I want the best experience with it at all times. So I got about mm, probably halfway through the remake, stopped because the PS5 was coming out. And I'm like, I'm going to play this on my PS5 because it kind of makes things <laughs> run better. Uh, not that it ran bad, yeah. it ran great, but <laughs> uh, <run> even better. <laughs> and then they announced that they were going to make a PS5 specific port for it that was a free upgrade. 
And so I'm like, well, I won't, I won't beat it yet. I'll wait for the free upgrade. And now I'm at a point where I'm halfway through the game. I don't even remember how to play it anymore. Yeah. So I'm either going to have to start from scratch on the oh, PS5 no. upgraded version. Oh, no. So I'm going to have to start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> or I got like. to jump in and hope I figure it out quick enough to remember what the fuck right. happened earlier in the remake. And the, the remake, they changed stuff. So it's... Can- it's it's kind of alienating for a lot of people. Can I ask a, a legitimate question? At this point in its life cycle, what number remake are we on? Because <laughs> I so, feel like it's like 62. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> uh, okay. When it comes to the remakes for Final Fantasy VII, this... Most recent one uh, that they released a couple years ago has been like the this is the one that matters. All of the other ones, like the the prequels is and it, the sequels and the whatnot. Yeah, there's that, prequels, sequels. There's a movie. Yeah, uh, Advent Children. There's uh, there's bullshit. Is like, there's bullshit. There's a, bullshit a anime of, spinoffs. And, oh yeah. Uh, a fucking phone game that you could only yeah. play in oh. Japan. Square yeah. Enix, for the love of... This part of the news, but for the love of God, stop putting so much money into these fucking phone yes. games. No one wants to play these games on their phone. Yes, thank you. Uh, they uh, keep yes. doing it. That that includes your new fucking mobile game. Uh, well, it's not Ever Crisis, although that one is playable on the phone. It's the, the one that... Final Fantasy VII Fortnite. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that this was a good idea. This Stupid. is like, please, it, it, please stop. Why would you make a Fortnite game that you play on your phone? Oh my god! Yeah. Square Enix just up there. Please clap. Please, yeah. please, Jeb Bush. It, no, it, it's it's a fucking Diablo Immortal all over again. <laughs> uh, it's like Diablo, oh, Diablo again. It's like what? Yeah. Do you, do you guys not have phones? Like. That's annoying. Did I don't, that game even make it to release? It, it not only has it been released recently, it has made a stupid amount of money from Twitch streamers who are trying to show how absolutely awful their monetization is. Uh, the Morbius effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's Morbin time. <laughs> no, so, we'll actually watch it this time. We <laughs> I mean, you just need to release it for a third time. It's fine. <laughs> we were just all at work that weekend. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so ridiculous. I love it, though. The internet's such a, such a shit show. I love it. <sighs> Every our, time. Our people. Uh, so anyway final fantasy uh has its 25th anniversary this year uh makes me feel old um and they announced a ton of final fantasy 7 content which probably pisses off every other final fantasy fan like final final fantasy 8 i'm sorry brother you're you're never gonna see that game again there's not not, you're not gonna see a remake you know they're talking about final fantasy 9 which i didn't i don't i didn't like final fantasy 9 at all i think i played 9 i i went from 8 to 10 i don't think i played 9 you should play 9 yeah. As a really big fan of nine, you should play nine at least once. Okay. That that being said, if you're in the did... furries, you can, you'll enjoy nine. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was nine the one with like the little the little monkey boy? Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, I did not play that. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, for it's worth playing for I... people that like the classic, you know, yeah. knights and whatever yeah, the... version of Final Fantasy. I like the more futuristic version yes. of Final Fantasy. Uh, fans of like the first 6 like 8-bit video games, 
Final Fantasy IX scratches that itch all the way to completion. Yeah. Um, and graphically, they did some pretty impressive things on the PS1. Oh. Because it came very late in the PS1's yeah, lifetime. Yeah. I, yeah, it was like right before the PS2 came out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah it was like the, the passion project of uh, Sakaguchi. Hironobu Sakaguchi, the guy who had been making all of those games up till 10, and at 10 he finally said, Okay, Nomura, you can take over. Yeah, and then that's why Ten is so completely different. Oh, <laughs> and the fucking Aqua Soccer game <laughs> or whatever it was. I fucking I... love Blitzball, dude. Blitzball, thank you. Don't, <laughs> don't I mean, you disparage not, Blitzball I... with your whore mouth, all right? <laughs> I liked it too. It was fun, but it was so incredibly not Final Fantasy. At yeah, the time. I, I had nothing to do uh, with Final okay. Fantasy, but I loved it. It, it was. It's, f- it's like Final Fantasy VIII. Your your yeah. fave. We're going around asking everybody to play cards. That has nothing. Yes, to, that's absolutely. all I did I'm that entire fine. game. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Let's play cards. Yes, Final Fantasy VIII has the card game. Now, speaking yeah. of mobile games, that's what Square Enix should be doing with these mobile games. Just make all the card games and all the yes, simple all like the mini, games mini games and just make them more advanced. Yeah, if, mobile games. If yeah. Witcher's Gwent is anything to go by, yeah. yes. People love just make card the card game its own mobile. game. Absolutely. That's the one form of game I love playing on mobile. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, this seven here, uh, they have not only announced uh, a second chapter to the remake of the original, they have announced finally a remastering up to the point of nearly being a remake of the PSP game Crisis Core, which... If you know anything about uh, some of the intricacies of all of the shit that they were trying to do with this game, the biggest reason why that game got held up is because there's this uh, Japanese pop star named Gact who decided to lend his entire face to a character who was basically a, uh, I want to be the guy too! Screw Sephiroth! Oh wait, Sephiroth nearly killed me. Why am I in this game again? <laughs> Nobody knows. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was... If I don't know if you guys watched the streams and watched the previews and all that stuff. I, I thought it was a really cool, nice event for fans for the most part. You know, mobile stuff aside, mobile stuff's annoying. Yeah. They, did, they also <laughs> talked a little bit about uh, Final Fantasy sixteen, which is coming up soon here. They, they gave that little teaser of Kingdom Hearts 4, which... I mean, yeah, I, I I loved Kingdom Hearts one and two. I really did. And Kingdom Hearts three came out with no Final Fantasy characters in it. Fantastic. What? Uh, okay. The whole point was that it's a merger of yeah. Final Fantasy uh, and Disney. Hey, you can still have Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Donald, no. Like, what are you doing? So, uh, yeah, I didn't. I I haven't played much into the game. I I have it sitting on my hard drive like everything else. But, sure. Uh, I was so disappointed when I found out there's no Final Fantasy characters. Like, that, that... I mean, I'm sure you can find Final Fantasy characters in like the 16 games that take place between two and three. 
<laughs> that's mostly true. <laughs> uh, again, there's like eight mobile games that have core story details <laughs> that you can't get unless you play the fucking mobile versions. Nomura, you greedy son of a bitch. Yeah. Just make mainline numbered games. Right. But, we uh, do not need games with the title Birth by Sleep or <laughs> 358 Days Over 2? Yeah. Why is this what? a fraction? What yeah. are you doing here? As ridiculous as Square Enix is, they put together a nice little show that got me excited for Final Fantasy VII again. Uh, the, the Nobody was crying this time, uh, like in the first remake reveal, uh, where there's just viral video after viral video <laughs> of people like bawling their eyes out. Uh, and I think it's because of the bullshit they're doing with changing the actual timeline with these fucking phantom things and... Spoiler alert! Visions. <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't played the remake of Final Fantasy VII, uh, one of the things that uh, you've probably seen videos on in like the past three years are people talking about why did we put these weird ghost things that belong in Kingdom Hearts in a mainline remake of Final Fantasy VII, where we're alluding to the possibility that we're going to Change the story that you came here for in the first place. What? The, oh my yeah. god! And I, <laughs> I don't, no, no. I don't disparage them too much for like wanting to go into a different direction. I just wish they weren't so half-assed with it because they're putting one toe in the water to see how fans react. They're like, oh, we might want to change the story. We might want to change the timeline. Maybe Zach's alive. I don't know. Maybe. Here's the thing about that. <laughs> They, the people who are buying a remake are buying it because it's a remake of the game that they like. They are not looking for a completely different... They want an updated version of the experience they had the first time they played it. Yeah. They don't want a new storyline. That's going to piss people off. Uh, there's if no doubt about change, it. Yeah. Especially something like Final Fantasy VII, which is... Even though it's not my personal favorite... It is Ooh. highly regarded as the most popular and the best Final Fantasy game in history. You that people have actually played. That people have actually played. <laughs> you can't Tactic change fan. that and then expect people not or to be happy with the fact that they're now playing it something that's completely different than what they signed on for. Now, yeah. mind you... It's very risky. There is exactly one reason why they think they can, and that's Ever Crisis. Ever the yep. mobile version of Final Fantasy VII that they're releasing in pieces because this is the updated version of the game that we all actually wanted. Yep. But then they wowed and razzle-dazzled us with the super-duper high fidelity of like the PS4 and now the PS5. But yep. uh, here we're going to use the excuse of, oh, we want to, we want to make the changes that uh, we always wanted to make this whole time and that's what? not yeah. what you need to do though. now ever crisis is is supposed to take the place like emery <laughs> said of a remake yeah but it's basically just upscaled modern graphics with the same more or less systems in place the problem is it's exclusive to, to fucking mobile <laughs> if you, you want to create a new story fine do that don't market it as a remake yeah. Market it as Final Fantasy 7.5 or something. You know, <laughs> Thank you. Don't market it as a remake if it's not a 
you know, plot by plot remake. Yeah. So it's, there's no doubt it's going to alienate some fans. It, I think they've already alienated at least a small sector of the fans, but I think generally the game was so good and polished that people forgave a lot of that stuff. Sure. I, I certainly did. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. I do think like the key, like emotional story points, that's what I'm a little worried about for newer fans that never played the original or haven't played the original. And I'm sure a lot of the story of the original has been spoiled at oh, this absolutely. point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the from game's memes and everything old. else. And they kind of allude to it in the trailer for the second part. <laughs> but I I feel like that that needs to have the impact. And if they keep alluding to it and they change the story yeah. entirely, it's going to fuck it up. It's, you're not going to get that emotional sure. moment. And Absolutely. that's what, that's what not the moment not only makes Sephiroth Sephiroth, because he had the balls to do right. that in the middle of your fucking game after you invested all of this yeah. time and energy. I don't think you need to spoiler alert something that's 25 years old. I think Fair. that's, that's that, past, I, the, <laughs> past the... Uh, it's it's hard to avoid. Okay, here's the thing. You shouldn't have to say spoiler alert for that's something fair. that's 25 years exactly. old. <laughs> but then uh, someone, some fucking hotshot executive says, you know, there's a lot of things that we didn't get to put in this game before, like Barrett dying in like the first like four hours of the original game. I want to allude to that so we can make people feel like, oh, no one is safe. Also, these characters that die off really quickly, I kind of want to backdoor them into still being alive so that maybe I can kill them later? Yeah. It's a, it, it's them trying to have it every which way but loose, and I think it's going to become very obvious in the coming days. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh... Us Final Fantasy people, we got a lot to look forward to. Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, which is Remake Part 2, uh, which is coming eventually. <laughs> Again, they haven't put a fucking date on it. How long have we been waiting? It's been two years since the... <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, Crisis Core Reunion, which is the kind of remaster remake of the original PSP game. That's coming at the end of the year, this year, supposedly. And then Ever Crisis, the mobile game. Who, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I want that game, but not on my phone. No. no. What the... Guys, <laughs> come on. So there you have it, folks. Final Fantasy VII. You're getting a lot of it. Oh. Sorry. Drop my mic pack. Oh, hey! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Just fell off the side oh, of the couch. Yeah. Keep your pants on, please. Ew, ew. <laughs> uh, next up on the news, Kevin Smith confirmed on his uh, uh, one of his many, what does he call it, Smodcast? Uh, is it the, are we Smith on Fat, Fat Man Beyond? or? No, it's on Hollywood Babylon. Oh, he confirmed okay. that. He's got uh, like five different ones. I, I swear, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so much to keep track of. He's on right? a lot. Uh, and I love Kevin Smith, so why not? Right. Be on everything if you want to. Uh, He's Kev- it. He did confirm that uh, his crew is working on Masters of the Universe Season 2 for Netflix. Uh, seems like most Kevin Smith stuff, uh, this first season was received well. <laughs> not, not overwhelmingly, but, but definitely well. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. Did you guys I didn't watch take it. a gander at it? Uh, not particularly, but that's only because my only real connection to He-Man was the 
that remake of that uh, Four Non Blonde song that got <laughs> oh, put God, to YouTube. Yes. Like, that's my only connection. What's going to... on? Yes. <laughs> and I said, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's my only connection to the character. Uh, <laughs> sure. Otherwise, I don't give a shit about the uh, He-Man, She-Ra, uh, yeah, these other characters. Here's the thing. If this were Thundercats, I would be all <laughs> over this fucking thing. <laughs> But it's not. It's like it's, yeah. it's just that other set of toys that I never got into. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We're like you said before. We're we're the wrong side of thirty. Yeah. But even <laughs> He Man was. That was like my brother. My brother was into He Man, and he's seven years older than me. Yeah. So yeah. that just wasn't wasn't a thing. For yeah, me. and it was. I mean. By the time I was old enough to care, <laughs> right? I, it was long gone and outdated, you know. Uh, so yeah, I also wasn't in the He-Man. Didn't know anybody in the He-Man. Even you know, I kind of grew up with an uncle. I think he's eight, eight years on, older than me, and even he didn't give a fuck about He-Man. Sure. Like just, you know, we had the Ninja Turtles and yes. Transformers and all that stuff. That yeah. was yeah, honestly way cooler to me. Super but. excited about an original '80s Ninja Turtles uh, remake than He-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's, I mean. They have fans that like they're still selling comics. They're still putting content out. Obviously, Kevin Smith's a big fan of them, so still you know, selling toys. Somehow. More, yeah. more power to you. Yeah. You have the power. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look forward to that. If you were a fan of uh, Masters of the Universe or uh, She-Ra or He-Man, yes. you're, you're getting power. more of them. Congratulations, you power made it. Grayskull, right? <laughs> Is that the right yeah. thing? Yes, yeah, by the so. power of. Grace, I honestly That's think the castle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. honestly think that the kids who could afford the He-Man toys were like the only fans. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think if you were a kid that was too poor to get the the Grayskull <laughs> toy set and stuff, I don't think you gave a fuck about them. Absolutely, because the cartoon was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I've gone back and watched some of those episodes, and I mean, the animation's super janky. Like it, yeah. it was made by a toy company. To, to sell, sell toys, toys. absolutely <laughs> like most 80s cartoons um yeah i was into a much higher brow material like <laughs> the power rangers like the, and the, the x-men yes the power rangers yes we got to see real people in real costumes doing completely real fighting <laughs> it was real right that wasn't just a choreographed dance that and they were it doing. absolutely was the same show it wasn't a complete dub of a japanese show that then they put american actors in when they didn't have masks on that wasn't a thing at all oh. so fun fact for you you know how generally speaking power rangers they use the japanese fight footage in right. costume yes. and then they just recorded the kids like yeah. in yeah. the scenes without the helmets the on and stuff that like I that just made like two seconds ago yeah I'm glad you <laughs> caught on to that just <laughs> <laughs> for the general audience <laughs> not everybody's watching power rangers anymore but uh that's fair <laughs> for the american audiences they weren't around allowed to strike to the head or anything like that or do anything that would look injurious really? on american television so if you notice in might morph and power rangers they would always have to hit them in their little chest plate. And that's why they had those stupid chest plates and all the... I can't remember. 
the Gumby things or whatever they call them. I putties. Can, so putties. I don't putties. know why that I, that just popped <laughs> yeah. into my head. I haven't thought of that word in probably yeah, 20 I, years. Yeah, I couldn't remember it's what it was. It's fucking easy to remember. That's yeah. how it fucking works. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's why they had to defeat him by hitting him in the chest. And like uh. it... They would always like flash and disappear after they yeah. got hit in the chest. Interesting. And yeah. they made my favorite sound in the world. The <laughs> <laughs> whoever came up with that was a fucking genius. Yeah, so. these things sound like turkeys. <laughs> so yeah, they all had, the things that, they could have sounded like. Those poor editing teams. They had to find ways oh, to yeah. edit them, like hitting the chests in the middle of all these like yeah. chaotic scenes. Uh, so that must have been a nightmare. And I'm sure those kids who totally weren't in their 20s doing this, yeah, just <laughs> asking, can we please do headshots? I know how to. F- Come on, please. It, it just okay. Those. It, it's yeah. it's, it's like wrestling. Playing, playing yeah. Bop it's wrestling. it, you know. Bop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up on the news, uh, Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones and the yeah. retirement home of... It's, I don't know. It's still a thing. Uh, uh, it's still the retirement home of Doom. Hopefully yes. there's less aliens this time. Yes. Uh, and digital CGI ants and Shia LaBeouf. Um, as long as there's less Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I feel like something else is going to be anybody, digital at this uh, point. Unfortunately for anybody looking forward to this movie, uh, Harrison Ford has once again hurt himself, Uh, so the movie is indefinitely delayed. Uh, The man is 79 years old, (laughs) trying to film an action movie. He is 100% sober on every single film I'm going to, because I don't know if you've ever seen an interview with Harrison Ford. Oh, it's brutal. But (laughs) it's brutal. I don't think that man has. He's not there. Did you... uh, And he's not trying to be. No. (laughs) So there was a story. I don't know if this is true or not, but it was a a meme on the internet, so it has to be true, right? (laughs) There was a uh, story about a guy... um, I forget which actor it was, but an actor on the set of Star Wars who walked in and he didn't realize that Harrison Ford was in the movie. He's like, what's my weed dealer doing here? (laughs) (laughs) That... Classic. I completely believe. I know. Like I said, it's a meme on the internet, so it has to be true, right? Someone confirm. Yeah. It won't, it won't be me. We'll see. We check the edits. Anybody who's watching this that happened to work on Star Wars, because I know you're out there, let us know if that's true. Sound off in the comments. George Lucas. He's got nothing but time on his hands. Yeah. What's he doing? He's enjoying his billion dollars. Like, come on. Dealing weed to Harrison Ford. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I put this in the news. I am an Indiana Jones fan. I think yes. I like most Harrison people really like the first and third movie. The Last Crusade and yes. uh, Ark of the Covenant. When, what was that That was, that was Last Crusade. Latest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Temple uh, of sorry. Doom will always have a special place in my heart. I hated it. <laughs> I still I, I liked it. all three of the original ones. Yeah. The Crystal Skull is, should never have been 
made. No, it was awful. God, Crystal Skull awful. was 100% fan service and 100% terrible. Yeah. Yes, both of those things are true. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I bring it up because Harrison Ford's such a big icon, and I really this really smells like the Bruce Willis thing that recently came out you know, uh, over about, the past few yeah. months about him having aphasia and how he was pushing himself into all of these movie roles to basically make money for his family right. before he was too far gone uh, <coughs> with his yeah. with his you know his cerebral health sure um and now i'm worried that harrison ford is probably doing something I mean, similar if you're harrison ford though how much more money do you really need to make I guess uh, that's it depends on how much your family's <laughs> spending. That's true, but I mean, can you think of the amount of money he's making off of like Star Wars royalties yeah, and sure. Indiana Jones royalties? He crashes a lot of planes, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Where's his money going? You know, to his next plane repair, not his, just a new plane, a repair. His biggest money maker, the fugitive. God, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's raking in the dough on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's the, totally a bunch of toys and a real dedicated USA, fan base. Uh, USA Network uh, <laughs> syndication. Oh God! See, I I want like a toy setup of him in that like in sewer drain. Yeah, yeah with uh, yeah. it's like fucking Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> that was the worst Tommy Lee Jones impersonation I think ever. But oh, there's uh, a worse Tommy Lee Jones impersonation by Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> it's called Batman Forever. Don't bring up those things in my presence. Please. All right, <laughs> all right. These are hallowed grounds. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Batman Forever. Even to this day, I still it's a it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, uh, okay, it's guilty not as ple- bad as Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is garbage. It is absolute <laughs> filth. I will give you I will give you some but, rope with that one. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, okay, Val Kilmer played a great Bruce Wayne. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I will die on this rock. Val Kilmer did a fantastic job. Jim Carrey was entertaining as the Riddler. And Tommy Lee Jones was Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not something I thought would come up on this episode. <laughs> Nick, you've done it again. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. That's why you brought me in <laughs> to take this plot the line quality and Batman go Forever. That way. <laughs> you know, that's an untapped audience out there. The Batman Forever people. It it's one of those just shut your brain off and just enjoy the ride. Now, mind you. Uh, like I'm a huge fan of Jim Carrey, which is why I didn't mind him in that yes. movie. But Tommy Lee Jones trying to be another Jim Carrey yeah, in the same yeah. fucking movie. This like See, it, guys, t- like just let let's just let Jim Carrey do yes. his thing. If they would have made it just Jim Carrey, it would have been better. Tommy Lee Jones. See, the problem I see is Tommy Lee Jones almost tried to embody Jack Nicholson or Jack. Ni- yeah, Jack yeah. Nicholson's uh, Joker. Joker yeah. yeah, because it's so similar in the way he delivers everything that it almost just seems like it's like the Wish.com version of Jack <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> I just said yeah. Jack Nicholas, not the golfer. Clearly, <laughs> Nicholson. Nicholson. Thank yeah. you. 
Mommy, worry, I want totally I want the Joker. <laughs> we, I'm we, sure we, you will. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Joker at home meme. Yes. It's like, Mommy, I want the real we, Joker. We Son, a... we have the Joker at home. The Joker at home. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah just wait till Why? you see the new one. Uh, he's coming. The new, the new one. Horrible prosthetic face. Which which new one are we talking about? In the, in the Batman. In the, the yeah. Oh no, God! Yeah. I still have not seen. Or the the Cure, starring the Cure. <laughs> I if if I you do home. what you just said for Batman Forever, yeah. and you shut off your brain and you don't think about anything that's happening, you will love the visuals. You'll yeah. love the music. I heard it's you'll really love good. the pacing. And you'll it's love on HBO. So. You'll love what they tried to do. Yeah. If you think about it for more than two seconds, you will hate it. Especially the third act. Especially the third. Oh, I have I have so many opinions, but that's a whole nother video. That that would that's be a whole that'd be another, another two hours, <laughs> <laughs> which we did record on my phone. I still have the footage, so I might release it. We'll see. There yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's a little it's a little rough because I have a <laughs> I had a crack in my phone lens, so it looks a little blurry. I don't yeah. know if it'd be fun to watch. You this t- all came from uh, Indiana Jones Five. Yes, by the way. yeah. This entire <laughs> conversation started, which I thought Harrison was going to be a really quick life. topic, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the whole point of that original conversation, Harrison Ford, get well soon. Yes. Don't force yourself to do this movie. We don't need it. No, we, really we really don't. don't. We could have stopped at three. We should have stopped at three. Yes. You, you did your time, and we will always appreciate you for it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do more. Uh, next up on the news, uh, Harley Quinn, the animated series, season three, is coming to HBO Max in July. That is an official timeline now. Uh, show's great. I think it's fucking hilarious. I really <laughs> enjoy it. Like, for an adult-themed animated show, the that comedy show. The are hilarious. <laughs> it's really good, man. Like, yeah. way better than I could have imagined it being yeah. the show yeah. is far better than it has any right to be yeah. sure. and they they keep nailing just the portrayal of the character and like what it would be like for harley quinn to well be harley quinn and they don't they're not afraid to take risks like they don't care about revealing who batman is because right. The show is focused on Harley and the shenanigans that happen around this, and so they like they totally make Batman like this joke of a character, basically. <laughs> like that he was taking himself way too seriously, you know. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> it it weirdly it, reminds me of the Venture Brothers. This yeah, the, the yeah, show basically feels like what if the guys who wrote the Venture Brothers did like a Harley Quinn show? Okay. Yeah, animation's and, surprisingly similar too. I wonder yeah, if the, I wonder if there's some common blood there. I wonder. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that, Harley Quinn fans. Next up on the news, this one's uh, a point that's kind of close to my heart, but also makes me a little fearful. Uh, a new Tolkien book is coming out, as in Lord of the Rings. Uh, the book is called Fall of Numenor, based on the fall of the island of Numenor, which is uh, like these ancient, long-lived, kind of like blessed men that were... The Numenor. Yeah. So all of you Lord of the Rings dorks out there, including myself, uh, you can look forward to that. It's based on a bunch of individual pieces of literature that uh, Tolkien had written about the island of Numenor and related stories about the Second Age. 
you can find a lot of these stories, I'm sure, in the Silmarion and uh, you know the Brothers of Isildur and all this other content that has been released by his son. Uh, however, Christopher Tolkien has passed away uh, not too long ago. Uh, and ever since then, the estate has kind of been spread out to the public domain, more or less. And they're they're starting to release a lot of these, you know, notes that were kept in the the corners of a book yeah, he was writing and ancillary uh, like material. Yeah, to all, all these things that Christopher yeah. Christopher Tolkien hadn't vetted out and right. published out to everybody. So uh, it's exciting to see that there's even. Even more. He's like Tupac. He just yeah. never dies. <laughs> he's still releasing books, and he's been well, dead for... <laughs> I mean, the amount of material that Tolkien had to create before he even wrote these stories is just astronomical. Yeah. He created languages. He created pantheons. He created, you know, an entire universe. I can only imagine the stacks and stacks of papers of just notes and shorthand and yeah, you know, absolutely research material that are locked in like wardrobes somewhere. I mean, it's so in depth and so deep, and you can go down so many rabbit holes with it that yeah. there are, there are literally PhDs that you can earn. Oh, yeah. Just in studying, his, just in studying like, his creative Tolkienology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like D and D as it is. Most likely would, would not, not exist. No. Not without, most likely. It would. It, yeah, it just would not. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. not just D and D, but most they're all modern day fantasy. If it wasn't for Tolkien, we would never have gotten Song of Ice and Fire. We wouldn't have had uh, Narnia. We wouldn't have had any of these things because he was he laid the groundwork for, for yeah. all of these stories and kind of busted that whole genre wide open. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. the goat. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about it. No. Cannot be touched. And he might be painful to read sometimes. Yep. But George Martin can't even release his fucking last book. So you know, <laughs> two books. He's, he's too made, busy doing five hundred other things. He's made a video game. He uh, helped with the TV series yeah. that ended with <laughs> two seasons of bullshit that he hadn't even written yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, working it, I, on another. TV series, he's and he's on... he's old and not in the best of health. Yeah, he, he's... So there's there is no way he finishes that book. He's there's, working there's on a... two books. He's yeah. working on a... a prequel show yes. to a book series that he hasn't, that he hasn't finished. finished yet. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Meanwhile, Tolkien spent his whole life like trying to read, <laughs> write like a bunch of ancillary, yeah. you know, content and details and languages for the it's books like, he finished. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna... <laughs> Build this entire world, write this one really good story, and then build more shit around it. It's yeah. just like it's all bonus from Tolkien. Yeah. yeah. From Martin, it's all like, okay, where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good look if you give your fans an IOU on the core content and that you're doing other shit for. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that he's been saying for how many years now? It's coming soon. I'm almost done with it. Yeah, maybe it's not coming. No, uh, it's not I, coming. I don't want. I don't want him to go through what Stephen King went through to finish the Dark Tower. 
but he might need yes. to go through what Stephen King went through to finish the I mean, Dark Tower. It took Stephen King, what, 20 years to finish that? I think that uh, was... It, 20 years and being hit by a car. Yeah, exactly. But... I don't think I'm he, pretty sure... Stephen was, King was still relatively young, though. <laughs> that's true. Martin. The, Martin might not survive, uh, and if he does, him. maybe that'll put a fire in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards and Glass came out in the late 90s, or mid-90s, and then... Uh, so Wolves of Kala was the next one, I think, after that. And that one was, like, 2010, I think. Yeah, it was, like, Wolves of Kala. 20, then 2008, uh, Song of Susanna came out, like, maybe a few years so after that. So it was at least 10, 10, 12 years between... Like, book four, four and book and five, five. Yeah. out of seven. Yeah. Yes. But then he went, like... He did. He he. Stephen King the hell out of that. Just was like boom, 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 boom. Done. It's like I could die tomorrow. I have to finish this now. Yes. I could be like the the author of the Witcher books, Polsky. Polsky wrote the whole series. Mm-hmm. He he started with newspaper stories, you know, short stories, and released them all. And then everybody ignored him basically for a few decades. And, and then somebody's yeah. like, I'm gonna make a video game out of these. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now he's all pissed off because they <laughs> sold the rights for yep. too little money. Uh, I, I have my opinions on Sepkowski, which is, again, a whole nother fucking video. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, uh, and just a reminder, that's going to be, I think it's uh, on pre-sale right now if you want to buy it on Amazon. Ironically, the show is going to be on Amazon. Uh, you can you can get <laughs> this this book that ties into the Amazon show because it's during the same age. For 40 bucks. So, if you're interested, you can do that. Or you can just go to your public library when it comes out. Uh, next up, uh, we got confirmation that The Boys has been renewed for Season 4. Speaking think, of Amazon. I don't think the anybody's boys. surprised. No, nobody's surprised. The <laughs> show is fucking amazing. The comic oh. is amazing. Yeah, You should watch it. You should read it. Watch it. Enjoy. Read it. We will say nothing about it because... Well, we're still yeah. trying to stay monetized. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> assuming you're an adult, <laughs> you should watch and read if this. You are, assuming you're if you an are adult a child, or older stay far teenager. Away, but if you're a child, you probably shouldn't be listening to this anyway. So exactly. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> Don't tell mom. But uh, also, maybe tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should tell mom. Uh, next up on the news, uh, the Batman Unburied series, which is a Spotify podcast uh, storytelling. It was a Batman zombie show has been renewed for season two <laughs> story. it focuses on a mentally unstable bruce wayne uh whose parents are apparently alive and he works as a forensic detective uh for a hospital but there's kind of some twists in there he's because he's mentally unstable yeah you kind of doubt a lot of the things that sure. he thinks is going on yeah. Uh, and he ends up hunting down I'm a criminal and all this other stuff. Check that out. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna say it. On the notes that we have for our show, we just have uh, for that part describing it like mentally unstable Bruce Wayne, which, as far as I was concerned, <laughs> that's, that's just, just Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't dress up in a rubber suit and. Go around punching people, screaming, I'm Batman, if you are mentally stable. <laughs> That's news to me. Let alone indoctrinating children in your war on crime. Multiple children. Multiple That's children. A, Even after a, one died, yes, they're like, oh, hmm. I, don't, I guess I could do did, this a couple more times. Did we ever times. think that the uh, billionaire bachelor running around with 
orphans in spandex was a good idea. <laughs> I, I don't want to call him the Epstein of superheroes, but... <laughs> Let's be careful here. <laughs> He's got a lot of money, he'll sue us. Alright, so uh, if you are a fan of that Spotify podcast, or if you're looking for a new superhero-themed podcast, you should definitely uh, check that out. It's free on Spotify. Uh, next up, uh, there is a Wonder Man series. Yes, Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Uh, series in development at Marvel Studios. It's based on a kind of goofy comedy character from, I think, the 60s and I 70s. I honestly don't know anything about Wonder Man. I've heard the name before, but I... Most people don't. Yeah. Well, he, his entire backstory is really hilariously... It's like, okay, this is comic books. I obviously see what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's wonderful that Marvel is getting these like bottom of the barrel carriers <laughs> characters that people don't know exist or don't remember or exist. And they're just trying to throw everything out there so fans get a little bit of everything. But it just signals to me how desperate they are for something <laughs> to be a hit with this new generation because I mean, all their big hitters are gone. Yeah, they can't really do the X Men the bottom of the barrel because they already put an alternate version of Xavier. I mean, <laughs> out there. yes and no. And okay, it's I just I think they're fucked until they reboot. I, yes and no. I I still think that they're gonna pull something out of their hat because they always do. Yeah. Um, the door is open now with the whole multiverse thing that they could potentially bring in the X-Men. I'm still waiting for almost like the fallout of Multiverse of Madness something. I don't want to go into anything too spoilery, but I would assume that most of these people have seen it. However, I believe that a multidimensional door has been opened and we're going to see something... Uh, tie more of these things together into almost like you said it could potentially be a almost like a reboot type a yeah. refresh but that would be my assumption is that we're going to see basically this multiverse arc go through and my prediction is at the end we're almost going to get a House of M style uh everything folds back in on itself and we're going to get one new centralized universe. Yeah. I yeah. we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, and I you know, on that point, I I think that was probably the one thing that was a little disappointing to me about Multiverse of Madness is they didn't take more opportunities. Yes. They really went very conservative I'm, with their opportunities. They did, but I'm thinking that we're going to they left it they left the door open, and I think that we're going to see fallout that people haven't thought of yet. Hmm. I mean, it'll be it'll be really cool if they do. I thought that they were kind of going that route with Loki, the the Disney Plus series, yeah, but and, and then they kind of. We also have to realize that Marvel is not afraid of doing things slowly. Marvel has patience. Yeah, but I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, fair. Marvel has that patience. That is a fair point. The MCU definitely has a way of making making you wait for all of those seams to connect. Yeah, and I do appreciate that the, up to this point they've done a great job of just taking things slow, kind of. You know, making you think one thing and then doing another. I, uh, you know, on the other hand, I, I have lost a lot of faith in Disney to do the right thing with a lot of these properties because of what they did with 
Star Wars and in particular. I know a lot of people enjoy the shows, but uh, the, the shows Ryan, are fantastic. The the Ryan Johnson movie <laughs> was so bad, and I hated it the, so much that like I literally have not watched a single piece of Star Wars content since that movie. Not not out of principle. Are we gonna do this? But because I just... Are are you going to defend the movie? Yeah, Uh, I am. Oh, it's so... Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's so bad. They went on a casino side quest for an hour of that movie. Yeah, the casino side quest should have been cut. (laughs) It was the whole movie. (laughs) Fair. Okay. If we're going the casino side route, then yes, I I will agree with you. That was... Unnecessary. Unnecessary. However, the biggest complaint that most people see is the portrayal of Luke in that I movie. don't I didn't care. I mean the the nipple milk thing was a little too much. <laughs> no, I'm talking, but beyond I, I, that I really didn't care. Well, I, I'm talking that, about that didn't I'm me. talking about the uh you know They made Yoda of, a book burner. Yeah. But <laughs> Yoda's a Nazi. You're basically <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's what they no. did in that movie. <laughs> it was an hour long casino side quest. <laughs> They forgot that Finn was an awesome character and just sent him on a side quest because yes. they couldn't write anything for him. Yeah, uh, the, the whole movie is like eight hours of a slow car chase through space uh, <laughs> where uh, unconscious Loa, Leia, uh, after her actual real-life death, f- floats herself back to the craft. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's just too much uh, and then Rose. Rose was just the worst. <laughs> like the acting, Rose. The the at like, least forced romance. Oh yeah. my god! At least your uh, your gripes about the movie are not the stereotypical ones that I've been hearing from most yeah. people. I actually is, liked what they did with Luke. Yeah, where they, they kind of gave him like a darker a, edge. It, that that is a cinematic trope that is you know the hero's fall. That is a thing that happens. That is there are countless movies. Countless stories that are made with the hero's fall. Yeah. So you and let's talk about the everybody compares episode four and episode seven. How episode seven is basically just a rewrite of episode four, which yes, you know, more or less it is. Yeah, that's how we get the butts in the seats for the next movie. Exactly. But let's talk about something that's people don't realize, and that's the the correlation between five and eight. The uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes, you're you're gonna okay. Let's hear this. Just for the main Jedi plot, I'm not talking about the other bullshit with the casino space. I'm talking about the uh, the newly discovered Jedi finds a master Jedi master who is secluded, who has cut themselves off from the Force, who then ends up bonding with them. To train them, it's the same fucking plot. Yeah, it, it wasn't just that. Uh, oh, like I can't believe they would do this to Luke. This is people didn't even realize they turned Luke into Yoda again. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, and that's why I. But then they put Yoda in it <laughs> and had him burn all the Jedi books. I mean, Yoda. The, uh, is, knowledge is not good. Is eight my favorite Star Wars movie? No. However, I I am part of the minority of Star Wars fans that I enjoy all Star Wars. I will watch every single piece of Star Wars content because it gives me more content in you that poor space. Man. I will. Okay, <laughs> I'm just Jar Jar Binks is god awful 
and I hate everything about that character. He's a Sith Lord. I so wish that was canon. Oh my god, However, that is a theory <laughs> that not even George Lucas continued to yes, entertain, but <laughs> because he knew better. The voice actor does, though. He still pushes it. Yeah, I, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am happy for any content that will give me more stories in that universe. Yeah, and I think the Disney Plus series is proof of that. Like, it's, it's fantastic. I haven't watched them, but by all accounts, th- most of them are very good. Yeah, Obi-Wan, I just finished Obi-Wan, no spoilers. That is one of the best shows I have seen. Yeah. It they did such because the biggest thing I was go, going into watching Obi Wan is um, that they were going to fuck up the canon of the mm-hmm. original movies, but they did such a good job of actually bringing more meaning to the original trilogy or the original trilogy. Nice. Um, again, won't do any spoilers because the last episode just aired a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. But after watching this show. There are certain things in episode four that hit harder and make more sense. And they almost fixed errors that George Lucas did when writing that movie. Hmm. Or kind of went out of their way to give actual reasons as yes. to why things went the, exactly. went the way that they You've, did. Have you finished? Uh, I haven't seen the last episode. I, okay. I've gotten up to episode five. Yeah. The what they did with that was absolutely fantastic. I, I there is only one gripe that I have with modern Star Wars, and that's honestly with Boba Fett. My entire gripe that I have with Boba Fett is that why did we bring Boba Fett back? Fan service. <laughs> Well, yes, of, co- <laughs> of course, of course. We're, we're fucking Star Wars. We're yes. bringing everything Star Wars back. Why did we make a Book of Boba Fett show knowing full goddamn well that everything that should have been given to Boba Fett had been given to a brand new yes. Mandalorian in The Mandalorian? Do we need to talk about what happens halfway through the Book of Boba Fett? Oh, you mean the entrance of the, the Power Rangers? <laughs> Why? No, that's not what I was talking about. I was, I again, spoiler alert yeah. for this book of Boba Fett. I'm talking yeah. about the fact that they make it halfway through, and then they have the last three episodes where Boba Fett is in a total of 15 minutes of <laughs> the three, the half of the episodes of the Boba Fett show. <laughs> they basically make it three episodes, and it's almost like, oh shit, this show's gonna fail. Let's bring the Mandalorian back in. Yep, yep, that's immediately what we did, and that's awkward. I, I think we didn't realize until like halfway through that. Uh, I mean, I love uh, Tamara Morrison and what yeah, he so did with He's creating fantastic. Jango Fett, but the man is old. Yeah, <laughs> he's been doing this a while, and, and my God, does it like show in the show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed the Book of Boba Fett, but let's be honest, the Book of Boba Fett is Mandalorian Season 2.5. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, it's a side story. We introduced Boba Fett again, yeah, and now we have to answer, oh, okay, so he got out of the pit. Okay, what, what happened after that? Why, why is he here? And what's with, what's with that weird stick? Yeah. 
No, it's absolutely just a filler season because they they needed to move the plot of the Mandalorian from the hole that they wrote themselves in at the end of season two. Yeah. And they needed a way to clear it out so that way season three could start fresh. Right. And it's like, okay, yep, uh, we we totally separated these two core characters. Now we're going to give them a perfect excuse to bring them back together again. So we can actually have, like, for real season three. I'm, like I said, I'm a huge fan, especially of the the TV shows. They're the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. I think Dave Filoni and, uh, oh, my mind just blanked. Uh, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau, thank you. Yeah. My mind just completely blanked. I think Dave Filoni and... John Favreau have done a fantastic job. I think John Favreau should be in charge of everything. Uh, as he Kennedy should. Kennedy, step down. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, you, please step down. You ruined Star Wars for me. Yeah. So, yeah. if we have if the anybody's guy anybody's going to step down. Y- y- yes. Let her step down and let the guy who yes. made Iron Man, yes. a B-list character, into yes. like the super megastar of Marvel... And have him like bring Star Wars like back, back. And the fact that they took and please this time plan the three movies ahead of time. Exactly. Don't just make it up as you're going. <laughs> <laughs> and adding a new director. The and fact that he took, you know, the cartoons, you know, uh, Clone Wars, Rebels. He took these that Dave Filoni worked and did a fantastic job in. But nobody ever watched them because of the fact that, and I say nobody, that's a broad statement. A lot of people watch these shows. Yeah. But the vast majority of Star Wars fans refused to watch them because they were animated. And we don't want to watch cartoons because no. we're adults. I mean, I, but I honestly tried to go back and watch a lot of them. They're they're hard to watch. Clone, man. Clone Wars it's, takes like, they were a while. Very, they're very clearly made for but kids. The, 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 the beginning of them do. Yeah. See, I recently went back and I watched Clone Wars. I'm about <laughs> two thirds of the way through with Rebels right now. Clone Wars takes a good season, season and a half to yeah, kick in. I couldn't even and make it. I was like, this is so cringe. Once it kicks in, it's definitely not a kid show anymore. Yeah. Especially yeah. the last couple seasons is not a kid, not kid yeah. friendly. It, However, it's unfortunate that. That's how much of a buy-in you have to get into, but... Yes. It's like Final Fantasy def- 13. <laughs> you yeah. only gotta play 40 hours of the game right. before it gets good. But yeah. <laughs> the fact that John Favreau and Dave Filoni have taken these characters and these plot lines that they created, that uh, Filoni created for these cartoon shows, that nobody really believed were, like, canon. Yeah. They were just, like, little extra stories. And then he, they made it all canon mm-hmm. with yeah. these shows. It's like, they found a pretty seamless way to like actually fold them all in and yes. like the live action and let's be real that's what we've all wanted is just more live action of this exactly but uh going back to the original point there <laughs> wonder man series is in development at marvel studios oh wow oh <laughs> yeah uh, yep. again we're tangent city we were trying to make this show shorter and uh we keep going on we these have wonderful a lot tangents. of editing to do and by we i mean <laughs> it, that guy Woo! yeah with uh you know we're, we're getting back after two years we're, we're gonna have some uh there's a lot structure. I'm sure do. next week will be a lot faster and just because we've you, already had these conversations once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bring in a new guy and expect things to go quicker. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up on the news, uh, Titan Comics has officially taken over the rights for Conan the Barbarian, 
who was previously owned by Marvel as far as the uh, comic book printing rights, and I think before that it was Dark Horse. Uh, they have a new series that's about to premiere in March of 2023, so look forward to that from Titan Comics. Uh, on related news, Marvel has purchased the rights to print Planet of the Apes comics, and those are set to premiere also in 2023, although they haven't given a specific month. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, As far as comic books go, I don't really think that Planet of the Apes has much pull, but uh, Conan the Barbarian so, still has some pretty strong pull, surprisingly. So yeah. you're saying my dreams of a Wolverine versus Conan are off the table, but I can get Wolverine versus some versus Caesar. Apes. Caesar. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, yes, please. Let, let's put Andy Serkis in like another yes. fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, why not? Andy Serkis is phenomenal with everything he does. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'd watch it. Yep. Uh, so, uh, comic book fans, look forward to that. I think Titan Comics definitely got the better end of that. Uh, group of deals absolutely uh next up on the news there is a new trigun series coming it's called trigun stampede it will be mm. a 3d animation remake uh and it is set for release in 2023 at least for this first season i don't know if it'll be multiple seasons but they are implying that there will be more if anime? people that receive it well anime. yeah that yeah. it's oh, okay. definitely uh yeah. anime for this, from you being the... such a sci-fi nerd yeah. you should watch trigun the original I series never really got into anime anime is just there's there's okay know. there's an era of anime that i think everybody can get into that's not Fair. the cringy fan service anime of modern days okay and it's not the like overly there was simple. one anime that i got into one time and that was uh back when g4 tv was a thing mm-hmm. um and they had a show that i would watch and then afterwards there was like they just had this like anime hour mm. and they would just play random animes um, but I'd be like playing video games or something, probably World of Warcraft or something, and uh, whatever show I was watching would end, and then this anime would start, and they played through this one run that I actually started paying attention to. No idea what the anime was, no idea what it was <laughs> called. All I remember was there were three girls, and they had the power to control paper. There was like the one girl made hmm. like little beasts out of paper. Interesting. The other one had a bow. That she made out of paper, and then the the like littlest one was like a little Wolverine with paper, where she just ran around and cut people, but <laughs> gave people paper cuts more or yeah, less. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. I'll have to look that. I up. have no idea. I'll what put it, it in is. the edit if I can find it. Yeah. yeah. Sound no, off in the comments if, you're watching if you know the which video. one we're talking yeah. about. I have no idea what it was. It was like the early two thousands. I just remember sitting in my apartment playing video games, and this show came on on G four. It's interesting. I'm, uh, now I'm really curious. I gotta look it up. Yeah. But yeah, I think especially if you're a big sci-fi fan you'll really like the era of trigun in terms of anime because a lot of it was sci-fi and a lot of it was good like really good like a lot of the kind of universally accepted best animes of all time were in that era Cowboy Bebop is the one that stands out the most. Evangelion is I know another that one, one I've that heard stands that out. One. I've never seen uh, it. Yeah. I'm not as big on Evangelion but people love it uh, Cowboy Bebop is my favorite of all time, and then Trigun was another one that was kind of it's kind of western, but also sci-fi See, in a weird way. Yeah, I'm but the, it, it's a fun way. I'm of the age range where when I think anime, instantly I just think of Dragon Ball Z. 
Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's I, what comes into my head. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to sit here and watch people go, ah, yeah. for like three, for I like mean, 30 minutes. I'm a dork. Uh, yeah, for nostalgic reasons, I still love Dragon Ball Z. But uh, I think Cowboy Bebop Trigon, maybe less so on Trigon, but definitely yeah. good. Uh, and Evangelion are like the big three that you can really get into. I'd say if you're going to start with one, start with Cowboy Bebop because that has the least like anime bullshit. Babby's first. <laughs> anime over here <laughs> and I, I i really think and you can watch like one episode sure. and feel full and like be like oh that was a great half hour i can move on with my day it's not tied to this big overarching story until the very end yeah have you seen firefly oh yeah then you're gonna love cowboy bebop okay yeah specifically the anime the show on netflix it didn't don't watch didn't the live action canceled after like it, one a season week it, after it, it was out yeah, yeah it did it, live action animes always suck it's re- just responses have, <laughs> responses have been mixed at best yeah i would uh, like to apologize personally to travis willingham for bashing on uh dragon ball z though you're still my favorite person <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep those ties man yeah. but yeah honestly if if you can find the time to like watch a half hour those those three shows are very adult oriented okay. animes. They're not they're not meant for kids. That's why they're on late night television. Babby's um, first anime. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think yeah. I think you'll genuinely get have a really good experience with yeah. it. One episode of Trigun to see if it's right for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tri Trigun is good, but there's there's still some kind of anime tropes with Trigun. That, yeah, yeah. That it's not as universally beloved as like Evangelion or Cowboy Bebop. Sure, but but it's close. It, you'll enjoy. It's it. It's very yeah. close. If you can enjoy the other two, you'll definitely enjoy Trigun. Uh, moving on, uh, Journey Through the Radiant Citadel uh, has released its first chapter publicly in a preview that was released about three days ago. The full book is set to release on July 19th, so you guys want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah, so uh, latest edition, I actually have the thing pulled up here, it's easier for me to look this up. So, Journey Through the Radiant Citadel is the latest D&D adventure compilation. Uh, put out by Wizards of the Coast. Um, they released the first chapter on D&D Beyond um, three days ago, so that would have been on the 21st of June. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> um, it's an anthology of adventures going from rain, uh, levels 1 through 14. Um, not Don't know a lot about it other than it is takes place in the ethereal plane. Uh, the Radiant Citadel stands bright as a bastion of hope. So yada, yada, yada. Um, first chapter, like I said, which is a level one adventure, is available now on D&D Beyond. Uh, I think you have to get it in the next, like, day or two. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a pre-order type deal going with it. Um, Not necessarily pre-order. They just, if you have a D&D Beyond account, you can just get, go in there and hit the claim button. But all you get is the, ah. all you get is the first chapter. It's like what they did with the Vecna thing uh, last right. week was, or last month. It's where, like, for, like... The next like couple of days, if you click yes. on the thing now, it can be yours for free. But just because it was out there, I'm sure there are PDF versions available just about anywhere on the internet because oh, piracy for sure. is a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, it's it's is this, kind of is this something that can be purchased in like a physical yes. form? Yes. Once it once it's released, they'll have a physical book gotcha. for it too. Okay. I'm sure. Um, for those who can't wait, you can get the first chapter right now. Yes, um, it's tying. I'm I'm curious. I don't know how 
much I'm excited about this because it's very much ties into what they've been doing with uh, the uh, Storm, or I'm sorry, Spelljammer. Right. Uh, the Pirates in Space, more or less. It, <laughs> so for the for Babby's first D&D over here. So <laughs> D&D, uh, Wizards of the Coast, the owners of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, announced last month, I think, about the... Yeah, it was roughly about last month. Yeah, the Spelljammer campaign setting coming out soon, which is a callback to something they did in the new... I want to say it was 3.5 or 3. Yeah. Possibly 2. Where it's all more or less pirates in space. So you... It's the the astral plane, the astral sea. And you're more or less uh, have airships that go from realm to realm to realm. And Radiant Citadel just kind of falls into that whole thing. It's all this, which, I don't know. For me, D&D does not go <laughs> pirates in space. Right. Uh, for uh, a, a very, like, almost one-to-one visual, like, representation of what uh, Spelljammer looks like, if you've seen the trailer for the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder, yes. those ships that are uh, pulled out into space by goats, you can pretty much have that same experience in Spelljammer. Real quick, try and say the goats' names. Oh. In the original Norwegian, not the English translation. Uh, oh God. There's if... 72 consonants and three vowels, I think. Oh. <laughs> Hang your dig a Durgan. That's all you need. Yeah. I just no. spoke the entire language. Okay, I don't know them right now, but I am looking them up later. We've so now alienated 100%. all of Scandinavia. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> all of the, you. The visualization I always see is, uh, if you remember the Disney movie Treasure Planet. Oh, that's another really good like analog for what yeah. it would look like. I honestly don't know if I ever watched it. I remember all of the commercials because yeah. they were on constantly when I was you know fairly that's young. Disney trying to push their three D. I, I don't. I remember watching the other movie that was very similar that came out around that time, which is Atlantis. Yep. And like Same Titan but AE, I don't like remember. around that time too. Oh, Titan AE, yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about because Titan AE. <laughs> things always have to come out in multiples. Yeah, like, yeah. My favorite example is uh, the House on Haunted Hill and the Haunting. Came oh. out at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, that's about true. the same thing. One of them was god awful. One of them was really good, and I can never remember which one was which. Uh, was that? Uh, was I think it was the, the Haunting on Hill House was the good one. Okay, I don't. Well, I, that was the TV series. Yeah, yeah there was yeah, just the it was just series. the Haunting. I think was the. Yeah. I just remember one of them was like PG PG thirteen. One of them was R. The PG thirteen one was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It was the stereotypical corny, cheesy uh, horror movie. Yeah, as they are wont to make. Wasn't that around the same time as 13 Ghosts? Didn't that come out? 13 Ghosts. Right around then, probably. I feel like it was a similar scenario. Yeah. 13 Ghosts are like trapped in a cellar with like 13 ghosts that they found a way to trap or whatever. And they're. Stupid. <laughs> That's shaggy. They would. So, uh, moving on from our uh, 
cinematic similarities. Cinematic similarities. That should be <laughs> that should be a segment title right there. <laughs> cinematic similarities. We just call out stuff that came out at the same time. <laughs> or there's those two uh, asteroid movies too. Yeah, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Impact. Oh yeah. my god! Yep, yep. Came out of the it's exact so same true. Time. One was good, one was bad. <laughs> Seems to always happen. Yep. Uh, and one had Aerosmith. Moving into the final topic of the show, uh, final news item. This one's uh, pretty sad, pretty devastating for a lot of comic book fans. Uh, Tim Sale has passed away at age 66. They, they're kind of being uh, coy with the details of what led to the kidney failure, but he, the official cause of death is kidney failure. Uh, he was hospitalized, and then a few days later he had passed, and they announced it uh, on several um venues in terms of social media uh by all accounts he was extremely beloved in the the comic book community famous as a comic book artist most most famous for doing batman the long halloween but did significant content for dc marvel and uh did a few things for dark horse as well throughout his career um really sad uh really awful news uh unfortunately we don't have many details about the nature of the illness that he was afflicted by uh or whatever incurred the kidney failure but uh heart goes out to him and his family uh his family and friends and anybody else who really enjoyed his content and the the amazing uh artwork he did throughout his great career so uh thoughts out to tim sales family and uh anybody affected by his his passing yeah i was just thinking about uh the pairing that he did with uh i think the one writer that he worked with the most was jeff loeb yeah for sure yeah uh, i was just thinking about the the long halloween being like the biggest one that he did uh but there was actually and this gets into my favorite Marvel character. There was one four-issue miniseries with Wolverine and Gambit. That was it was a really good like a uh, mystery that they did that for some weird reason took place in London, and they were tracking some kind of uh, I think it was a Jack the Ripper style killer. And it just occurred to me, only Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale could come up with a story like that and make it work. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, wonderful artist, uh, wonderful creator, uh, really will be missed in the community. Clearly was a, a great human being and uh, made a big impression on a lot of people. So, uh well, that wraps up the news for this week. Uh, sorry we went a little long. Uh, we're trying to make the show a little shorter, a little easier to digest, but uh, we had a lot to talk about. Obviously, getting to know new member Nick, uh, who's, I think, been a great addition to the show. Really Thank enjoyed you. having Thank you here. You. Hope hope to see you a lot more Absolutely. going forward. Um, before we end the show, uh, we want to go through our comic cover of the week. This week, it goes to the Sabretooth variant uh by marco mastrazzo uh this is a great comic cover uh done in a very uh oil paint style um dynamic shot of uh wolverine and his kind of uh 
80s Australian wear, <laughs> yeah, I like to yeah, refer yeah, to it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the brown and gold is classic. That's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a great look. I know yeah. everybody likes the uh, Jim Lee, you know, blue-yellow combination. Uh, Michigan and, Wolverines. And, yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> and Australian and then there's Michigan. Uh, <laughs> I will take the Australian version over the Michigan Wolverine. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's no like, to Michigan, it's definitely but iconic, but I, I, I agree with you. I think the brown and yellow yeah. looks way better. Really cool. Um, and then you have this awesome shot of uh, Sabretooth in his you know, stereotypical <laughs> bomber jacket yeah. style furry wear. Uh, but yeah, just a really awesome dynamic shot. It's everything you'd want in, in a piece of artwork if you wanted to purchase and frame this comic. I'm going to gripe about this until the day I die. Please stop putting the barcodes on the yes. front of the fucking cover. Uh, yeah. It takes up so much real estate. I it don't really know, does. I don't know why any company still does this. Marvel needs to stop doing it. Put, like, the, put the barcode on the back. It doesn't hurt anything right. to do that. So, uh, But yeah, great artwork. Great job. Uh, Mark Mastrazzo, uh, we look forward to seeing more from you. And we will feature you on our social medias. Remember, you can find us on htpvids.com. You can find us on Facebook forward slash hit the books. You can find us on uh, at htbvids on Twitter. Uh, we will be uh, posting to Instagram and I assume TikTok in the near future. So you can look forward to that if you use those social media platforms. Uh, we are on YouTube, of course, where you can always find our channel and find all our past content, including reviews, uh, kind of historical reviews with our comic movie master list. Uh, a lot of shenanigans in there. We're, we're coming up with uh, a few new ideas. We may be doing some streaming on Twitch or Facebook uh, live. Um, we may have some kind of watch-along style, uh, maybe kind of mystery science theater style uh content things that we can do in the future we're still trying to work out how we can do that with uh you know obviously owner rights and making sure we're not getting too many strikes on any channels (laughs) um uh, so please look forward to all that. If you got any suggestions, constructive criticism, or uh, things to offer the show, please offer those to us in the comments sections. Uh, I'll be sure to read them. I read every one of them. Uh, please, if you could, if you have the time, give us a nice five-star rating on your podcast service of choice. It really does help us out with the algorithms. If you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe uh, so you can always keep up with the latest content. Even if you have nothing but bad things to say about the show, give us a five-star, and maybe I'll read you on the show. Uh, so please, uh, reach out to us if you got anything else to offer. Uh, keep an eye on their social medias as those come out. Uh, do you guys got anything else you want to plug? You want to plug that, uh, D and D podcast one more time yeah, before we leave? So starting hopefully early July, early to mid July, depending on scheduling and, uh, four more, uh, <laughs> sessions, which is an Oh, oh no, we're, we're in the end game now. Yeah. We, we've got, uh. This one that's coming up Tuesday, and then one more. Yeah, and then we'll uh, probably take a week or two to settle everything, but uh, twitch.tv slash those natural ones, all spelled out, also on YouTube, and uh, soon to be on all other social medias as well. Coming soon. Coming soon, once I take the time to make them. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it, everybody. That has been another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. Want me to say it? You gotta say it. Okay, okay, I'm gonna say it. 
mediocre. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Au revoir. I'm just now figuring out how to put this fucking thing on. How were you wearing it beforehand? I was wearing it the other way. We're just just like... Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about beforehand. I was like, put it on this way first, and then I was like, no, that's not right. No, it's like... put it around this way. It's like, holy shit, I had no idea. You didn't have it wearing it on top? No, it goes around the back of your... No, it like that. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I, like, I just now figured that out. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, like the plastic yeah, was shaking into the side no, of my ear the whole time. Like, you're gonna get right through there. it. <laughs> I swear to god, we're gonna get through it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had no but idea. Now, I'm glad you pointed that out, man. I would have done that next week. <laughs> oh my god, this feels so much better. Yeah. Like significantly better. That, that makes so much oh more my sense. God. I, yeah. wish, I wish I had realized that. See, it's gonna be funny if anyone comments on, "Hey, all of their mics are placed different." Hey, what happened? Mine was, They're not mine gonna was fucking the headset. Okay, probably. you had yours right. <laughs>